0: The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseao Afwakwak. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you you as you listen
1: Holy Spirit of God we thank you we bless you for your awesome glorious presence in our midst thank you for the transformation that we are experiencing by your word thank you that as we behold you in your word we are changed from glory to glory Spirit of God we receive revelation we receive illumination by your word in the name of Jesus Thank you for clarity of mind, clarity of thought, clarity of speech. That your word come with precision and understanding. Thank you that I have access, unhindered access to the spirit of grace and revelation. In the name of Jesus, thank you that no man in this service, online or otherwise, is returning the same. Be glorified in every life as you honor your word with testimonies. In Jesus' matchless name of the saints of God, shout out an amen. Shout an amen out a better amen. amen wonderful humbly take your seed it's a joy to be with you god richly bless you for making time to be part of our midweek discovery service i have no doubt that this service god is set to transform your life in the name of jesus those of you online you are actively a part of a service like those of us who are here and so i want you to be fully involved and engaged i have no doubt that the word of god come in will bless and transform your life in every way in jesus precious name amen, amen. All right, why don't you come with me to the book of Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 17. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say, John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered And said to him, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Who do you say the son of man am? Then Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In this our teaching series, we have been exploring what God says about us in fact another title you could give to the general series is I am who God says I am praise God it's so important that we discover this this is fundamental to your Christian faith if you are going to live a life of victory a life of success a life of fulfillment a life of meaning a life where you enjoy your relationship with God is all predicated on these fundamental truths I'm sharing with you 2nd Corinthians 5 verse 17 he said therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation." All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Somebody say, all things. things. Say, all things things have become new. new. When did all things become new? The moment you entered into Christ. Somebody say, I'm in Christ. Christ. All things are new. new. I'm in Christ. Christ. I only have a glorious future. I have no past. I have have a glorious future. future. How many of you genuinely believe that you have no past? the only thing God has for you is a glorious future. Amen. Somebody shout an amen. amen. We're looking at a series that we are broadly captioned, discovering your identity in Christ. And we establish that your identity is fundamental. One of the greatest crises we can face in life is the crisis of identity. Identity crisis is one of the greatest crises any man can face in life. The knowledge of your identity affect your relationship with God, affect your relationship with yourself, affect your relationship with others, and affect your relationship with Satan. There are four relationships that on earth you will have. The first and fundamental relationship is with God. Your relationship with God is the most important relationship. It defines what you can do and what you cannot do. It defines the limit and the scope of possibilities. And then, the second relationship you will have is a relationship with yourself. And I know that a number of people in life who have a very poor relationship with themselves. You need to have a good relationship with yourself. That's what Jesus said. He said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the relationship you have with yourself will reflect and affect the way you relate with other people. If you see somebody who has a difficulty loving others, forgiving others, letting go of others, it's because they find it very difficult to forgive themselves and to love others as well. So that is a second relationship. And the third one is your relationship with other people. And of course, Satan is our foe. He's our permanent foe. And we have to deal with Satan as long as we are on earth we have to deal with Satan. Somebody say, I have, Satan. I have to deal with Satan. Yeah, you can't kill him. Sometimes you hear people say, Oh, they are on a pad praying and they are shooting the devil. My Bob and some to obey It's a funny, foolish statement. You can't shoot Satan. Nobody can kill Satan before his time. Even when Jesus came, he could not do that because his time was not up. And until his time is up, you can bind him, you can resist him, you can stop his activities around you, but you cannot kill Satan. There's a day coming where his judgment will be eternal. But until that time, we have to deal with him. And for you as a child of God, you don't deal with Satan as a defeatist. You deal with Satan as more than a conqueror. The Bible says, little children, you are of God and have overcome the world. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Shout, I'm an overcomer. (laughs) Say, "I'm I'm more than a conqueror. I rule and dominate Satan. I rule and dominate principalities. I'm not a victim. I'm a a conqueror. conqueror. Shout an amen. amen. So your ability to be able to live the life God has ordained for you to live is predicated on your identity. And last week, we looked at part 2A of our teaching. Tonight is part 2B. We looked at a prophetic picture of the new creation. We realized that the new creation is not something that just happened. It was something God programmed long before man fell, long before. You know, the lamb who was slain to establish the foundation for the new creation was slain before the foundations of our world. In other words, God had the new creation in mind before even man sent. Praise God. God's best was not Adam. God's best was Christ. Did you hear what I said? God's best was not Adam, God's best was Christ. And he slayed him before Adam even came into existence. So we are told in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34: Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers, in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant with they broke though I was a husband to them says the Lord but this is the covenant verse 32 not according to the covenant but with they broke verse 33 but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I will put my law in their heart minds, and write them on their heart and I will be their God and they shall be my people no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, no the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity And their sin I will remember no more. Somebody say, my sins are no longer being stored against me. You see, when you read the Bible, you have to believe the Bible and stop uh, believing your feelings. Some of us, unfortunately, we trust and believe in our feelings more than we believe the word of God. And if you believe your feelings and you trust your feelings Or what Satan tells you in your mind. More than you trust God's word, you'll be frustrated in life. Some of us did things many years ago. And every now and then, when we are faced with a challenge, Satan brings it against you. It's because you did this two years ago. It's because you did this one month ago. It's because you did this yesterday. And Satan is perpetually keeping you in bondage and defeat. And it's simply because you have not learned to listen to God's word. What does the Bible say? It said, I will forgive their iniquities and their sin. I will remember your sin, he will remember. That is the kind of relationship we have with God. A lot of us don't enjoy our relationship with God. We are not able to fellowship with God. We are not able to come boldly to God because we feel that God has piled up our sins against us and particularly if you are relating with somebody who can keep accurate and precise records of your wrong deeds and your limitations maybe you have a spouse you have a friend and every time your friend says the person the person can store it and bring it back to you you can easily think that's how god relates with us or you can easily think that's how god commits to us but god's relationship with us is different somebody says different so it's important we appreciate this the bible says in second corinthians 5 17 if any man be in christ He's a new creation. Somebody say, he's a new, new creation. Say, new creation. New creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become... All things have become... All right. Bible says, all things have become new. So, last week, we started exploring some of the things that have become new. Some important things have become new. And we need to understand them. What are some of those things that have become new? And last week, we started touching on... 10 things that are becoming somebody say 10 things say 10 things you see the new covenant we need to understand it and i have committed myself that that is what i'm going to be doing at this phase of my life and ministry no more wasting of time on the old we are going to focus on the new and we are going to draw it in until we become who god wants us to be can somebody say an amen it's so important that we appreciate that we are not under the old, we are in the new. The way God dealt with people in the Old Testament is different from the way God deals with us. And the only way we can understand it is when we learn to study the New Testament. Praise God. We said that there are many things that are new. But the first thing that is new is that the new creation is under a new covenant. Somebody says it's under a new covenant. Say under a new covenant. The new creation is under a new covenant, which the Bible also describes as a better covenant. Hebrews 8, verse 6. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Somebody say, I have a far better covenant with God based on better promises. Yeah, you see, in the Old Testament, God gave them amazing promises, but compared to the promises we have in the New Testament, our promises are far better. Somebody say far better. Far better. better. Say it. Far Far better. Far better. In fact, God took the initiative. Last week when I read Hebrews to you, you saw that it was God who took the initiative. God who took the initiative and then brought it out. Everything about the new covenant is God's initiative. It's not dependent on us. Number two, we said that the new covenant, the new creation also belongs to a new kingdom. Somebody say a new new kingdom. What are the things that are new? One, He's under a new covenant too. He's in a new kingdom. The Bible said, "Giving thanks unto the Father. Colossians 1, 12. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. And transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody say, I belong to a new kingdom. It's a kingdom of light. Is a, a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom, it's a kingdom of prosperity. Kingdom. Can somebody shout a better amen? Amen. Right, number three, we said the new creation belongs to a new family. Somebody say, I'm a member of a new family. family. First John 3, 2, he said, now are we the children of God and we do not yet appear what we shall be. But we know, somebody say, now we are children of God. Amen. You know, there are a lot of people who are waiting to become children of God. The day you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became a child of God. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Amen. Romans eight fourteen 14 For as many as are led by the spirit These are the sons of God For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear But you received the spirit of adoption By whom we cry Abba Father The spirit bears witness with our spirit That we are the children of God If children then as and heirs of God And joint heirs with Christ Somebody say I'm a joint heir with Christ Alright Number 4 we said that the new creation Has a new relationship Somebody say the new creation Has a new relationship. relationship. Alright, so the new creation is under a new covenant, belongs to a new kingdom, is a member of a new family, which is God's family. And then, number four, the new creation has a new relationship. I think that's where I ended, right? The new creation has a new relationship. This relationship is different. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 8 to 9. Verse 8 to 9, the new living translate. But when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with the ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant, so I turned my back on them, says the Lord. Praise God. So this is a new thing. It's different. In this new relationship, God does not turn his back on us. That's why I like the song they were singing God is for us. You have to remind yourself constantly that God is for you. Under the New Testament, God can never be against you. Somebody say, God is never against me. God is always for me. That's what Paul said, if God be for us, who can be against us? You must always understand, God is for you. He is for you. He is not against you. And I will come back to teach on it uh, as we move along. Not today. So, there are certain unique things about the new relationship you need to understand. In the old covenant, they had a relationship with God, but that relationship had clearly defined terms. The terms of our relationship with God under the new covenant is different. And amongst a number of them is the fact that the new relationship is based on the grace of God and not the law of Moses. Somebody says it's based on the grace of God the new relationship the new man has with god is based on the grace of god and not the law of moses so the bible says in romans 6 14 he said for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are under what you are under what you are not under the law but under what grace. where are we under grace. are you under grace or you are under law grace. uh-huh so you need to understand where you are under Under the canopy, under the canopy. Because if you don't know where you are under, you can easily be operating wrongly. The way things function under grace is different from the way things function under the law. And we are not under grace, we are under. It's like being under a military rule, see. If you are under a military government, Jerry Rollins, may he so rest in peace, ruled Ghana in the military era for almost 16 or so years. Things were done differently. Somebody sent an audio file while I was in a crisis, sent an audio file. And it's amazing how those who were affected by his atrocities, somebody made something and while others are busily mourning him, he was also venting out his pain. And I, I listened to it I was like, wow. <laughs> under a military rule, there are things that are done. In a, a democratic dispensation, things are done differently. And when we come under grace, things are done differently. Under the law, things are done differently. And we need to really, really understand how the terms are. Number two, it is based on faith in the finished work of Christ and not the works of the law. This relationship God has with us is based on faith in the finished works of Christ, not the works of the law. Look at Galatians 2.16. He said, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. How are you justified? By faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, I'm justified? By faith in Jesus Christ. Now look at it, he said, even we who are believing in Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, and I like the last bit, for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Praise God. In other words, if we were to stand before God on the basis of law, none of us qualifies. Praise God. That's why this covenant becomes a better covenant. Because none of us, the reason why the children of Israel kept failing and failing was because nobody could meet the standard of the law. The standard of the law was so high that nobody could meet it. And so when we came under the new covenant, instead of God requiring righteousness from you, because he knows that as human as you are, you can not meet the standard of righteousness, he rather gifted you with righteousness. You didn't understand. Instead of he waiting for you to be righteous, he made his son to be sin so that you can receive the gift of righteousness. You see, that's why we stand before God with boldness and it's as if we have never sinned. That's how God sees you. When God sees you, he doesn't see you as a man who told a lie two minutes ago. He sees you as somebody who is without sin before him because he does not look at you as you. He looks at you in Christ. Can somebody give me an amen? Amen. So important. The new creation does good works but he is not defined by good works. He does good works but he is not defined by good works. That's a quote that is well noted. The new creation, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had ordained before that we should work in them. The new creation does good works but he is not defined by good works. In other words, the new creation is righteous not because of righteous things he does, but because of righteous things of Christ. The righteousness of Christ that has been credited to his account. Drawing from an account that has been made for you already. It is based on the written law of God on our hearts rather than the written law of God on tables of stone. That is another thing. This new relationship we have with God is based on the written law of God on our hearts rather than the written law of god on tables of stone this is a major difference between the new relationship and the old relationship we had with god and then number five it is anchored on his mercy and grace and not on judgment and punishment praise god it is anchored on his mercy and grace our relationship with god under the new covenant is anchored on his grace and mercy Not under punishment and judgment, look at what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, verse 8. Amplify, however, he found fault with them, showing its inadequacy. When he says, Behold, the day will come, says the Lord, I will make and rectify a new covenant or agreement with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 9, let's go. He says, It will not be like the covenant I made with your forefathers on the day when I grasped them by the hand to help them and relieve them and to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not abide in my agreement with them. So I withdrew my favor and disregarded them, says the Lord. Verse 10. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will imprint my laws upon their minds. You see it. The first one, where was the law written? On tables of stone. And when Moses got angry, he smashed it. But now... The law is permanently imprinted on your heart. He said, I will imprint my laws upon their minds and upon their innermost thoughts and understanding and engrave them upon their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be mine people. Now look at it. It is anchored. This is what I'm talking about. It's anchored on his grace and mercy not on punishment and judgment. Look at it. And it will never be necessary for each one to teach his neighbor or his fellow citizen or each one his brother saying no perceive have knowledge get acquainted by experience with the Lord for all who know me from the smallest to the greatest of them. Verse 12 is my emphasis for I will be merciful and gracious towards what? Their sins and I will remember their deeds of unrighteousness no more. Now, it's interesting to know that under the new covenant, God records with the fact that we will still sin. Do you see? We will still sin. Some people have a difficulty. I used to have a difficulty with that also. That I am declared the righteousness of God, and I still see sin in my life. For His God. God sees you as righteous, and yet you still sin. How many of us since you got born again has never sinned? <laughs> Even today and tomorrow. The Bible says under the new covenant I will be merciful and gracious toward their sins. In other words God knows that under the new covenant you will sin. But the way he's going to deal with your sin in the new covenant is different from the way. Why? Do you know why that is the case? Because the punishment for your sin has already been paid for. Praise God. The punishment for your sin has been paid for eternally. It's been paid for. You see there is what they call the law of double jeopardy. The law of double jeopardy. That is where you punish a person twice for the same crime. It's not done. It's not done. The Bible says he laid the iniquity of us all upon him. He was wounded for our transgression; He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. God got satisfied the moment he looked at Christ. When we read the book of Isaiah, he said he shall behold the travail of his soul and be satisfied. When he saw the sacrifice he was satisfied. He was permanently satisfied. So, he is not holding sin against anyone in the new covenant. Can somebody say an amen? Amen. Jesus has already paid for it. And then, of course, this one may be a shocker, but may the Lord give you a heart to receive. Okay. This new relationship is based on one-time sacrifice for eternal forgiveness of sins and not on the annual animal sacrifice that could only cover sins for a year. This new relationship. Somebody said, this new relationship. This new relationship. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. When we get to understand this, you see, you have never enjoyed your Christian life until now. Did you hear what I said? You are now going to really enjoy your relationship with God. If there was a time where you would enjoy knowing God and being a Christian, you are welcome into that time. Say an Amen your relationship with God under the new covenant is based on the sacrifice for eternal forgiveness of sins and not on the annual sacrifice that could only cover sins for a year. Now let's look at something in the book of Hebrews 10 verse 11 and 12. Oh. (laughs) I'm just excited teaching this. Under the old covenant. Now look at that. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after what? day after what? Offering the same sacrifice again and again. Which can never. Did you see that? Please take note and read with me. Which can never take away sins. The sacrifice, the priest. They offered it day. That's what they were doing. They did it every day. But the Bible said it could never take away sin. Never. Never. Never could take away sin. But, look at verse 12. I like this. Somebody say but. who but our high priest who is Christ offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time somebody say good for all time oh. for a single sacrifice for sin good for all time all time then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. now why would you sit down if you have not finished that's why when Jesus said hang on the cross he said it is finished the price to pay for your sin was finished one time now listen if it was not finished when he hung on the cross it means that every time you sin he will have to go to the cross and die again praise god that's why it's one time so your sins have permanently been forgiven somebody say my sins have been permanently forgiven yeah. And it's one time. God has forgiven. So when you read the New Testament, God scripture again and again it talks about the fact that those of us who are in Christ we are forgiven. For his God our sins have been blotted out. He offered himself once for all time. Look at verse 13, the amplified version. Then to wait until his enemies should be made as to beneath his feet. Verse 14. Amplified. For by a single offering he has forever. Did you see that? Are you reading that? Let's read it together. One go. For bad he has what? Forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Can you accept that about yourself? That by one sacrifice, God, you are perfected. God sees you as holy. Praise God. He said for by one sacrifice, he cleansed us for good. Cleanse. Cleanse. Verse 16. The New Living Translation. This is a new covenant I will make with my people on that day. It says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them and I will remember their sin no more. Now we want to go a step further and look at the ten new things. Those were things that define some of the terms under the new relationship. But number five is the fact that under the new covenant, you have a new heart. Somebody say have a new heart. So number one, you are under a new covenant, you belong to a new kingdom, you are a member of a new family, and then you have a new relationship with God, and then number five, you have a new heart. Somebody say a new heart. new heart. Look at that. The new creation has a new heart. For I will take you from among the nations and gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. A new heart. So when you became born again as a new creation, you were also given a new heart. So there was a heart transplant. Somebody say heart transplant. You have a new heart. You have a heart that yearns for God. You have a heart that responds to God. You have a heart that is a heart that is willing to obey God. I'm not communicating here. That is the heart you have. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 9. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 9. The good news translation says, And when Samuel turned his heart, turned to leave somewhere, when Saul turned to live somewhere, God gave him a new nature. Somebody say a new nature. A new nature. God gave him a new nature. Some other scripture says, God gave him another heart. The like King James says, God gave him another heart. He gave him a new nature for his God. Number six, you have a new spirit. Somebody say, I have a new spirit. spirit. That's what we are told. He says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. A new spirit within you. A new spirit. A spirit that obeys God. A spirit that knows God. A spirit that is pure. When God created you, you see, you are essentially a spirit being you have the soul and you live in a body. When you got born again, your spirit was not renovated. Your spirit was not refurbished. Your spirit was completely made anew. So you have a new spirit. A spirit that has no past. The only things that are still the same, of course, are your body and your soul. Somebody say, my, my body and my soul. When we say you're a new creature, it doesn't change in your body. Or else your ear size will change your head size will change. Those of us who wish we were taller, your height will change. But in your body, you are the same. In your soul, you are the same. But in your spirit, you are completely new. And your new nature has a new spirit that flows and fellowships with God. That's what the Bible says. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Your spirit is united with God's spirit and you have a new nature. Number seven, of course, when you have a new heart, A new spirit, you have a new nature. You have a new what? Nature. Somebody say, I have a new nature. nature. The new creation has a new nature. What are the things that are new? Apart from a new kingdom, apart from a new family, he also has a new nature. Now look at Galatians 6, verse 14 to 15. But far be it from me to glory. In anything or anyone except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Messiah, through whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Look at verse 15. Let's read it together if you are there. For, there is, for neither is there circumcision now of any importance nor uncircumcision, but only a new creation. The result of a new birth, a new nature in Christ Jesus, the Messiah. Praise God. That is our new identity. You have a new nature in Christ so in the book of ephesians 4 verse 24 ephesians 4 24 the new living translation puts it this way he said put on your new nature created to be like god truly righteous and holy new living translation put on your new nature somebody have have a new nature you see your new nature is as holy as god the reason why you can fellowship with god is because you have a nature that is like god you remember john says god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth if god had not given you a nature that is just like his you could not fellowship with him why two cannot work together except they be agreed so for you to be able to fellowship intimately with god he has to give you a new nature which is his own nature so in your inner man you are just completely like god somebody say i'm like god You are as holy as God. You function as God. You think like God. That's what the Bible said. We have the mind of Christ. The spirit in us, the mind he has, is the same as the mind of Christ. Can somebody say an amen? Amen. King Saul became a new person after he was anointed with oil. When he went and met Samuel and was anointed with oil, the Bible said when he left, he became a new person. Why? Because a new nature was given him. The message verse in 1 Samuel 10 verse 9. So ten and left somewhere. And at that very moment, God transformed him. Made him a new person. And all confirming signs took place the same day. I see you walking in signs and wonders. Amen. Once you become a new person and you understand the new person God has made you, your possibilities are endless. Somebody say, my possibilities are endless. Possibilities are endless. There's no limitation on the new man. The new man is just like God. With God, all things are possible. With your new nature too, all things are possible. Praise God. There is no human limitation. There is no medical limitation. There is no spiritual limitation. There is no political limitation on the new man. The possibilities of the new man are endless. That's why I see you rise up to fulfill your destiny. No wonder Paul could boldly say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because as a new man, his possibilities are endless. Somebody say, My possibilities are endless. Don't look at yourself and limit yourself. Don't look at your family and think that that's all you can become. Don't look at yourself and underrate yourself because you can never be underrated. The Bible said the wind blow where it listed and thou hearest the sound thereof, But you can't tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of a spirit. Everyone that is born again, controlled by the spirit of God, you are as unpredictable as a wind. You may be poor today, tomorrow you are riding in a Mercedes. You may be down today, tomorrow you are up there. You may look like you are failing today, tomorrow you are a great success. That is who you are, your possibilities are endless. That's why you need to know who you are. Because while you know who you are, you will never walk with a grasshopper of mentality. He said, if God delight in us. I, mean, I like Joshua and Caleb. They say, hey, let's go. The people are bread for us. Yeah. They were giants, but he saw them as bread. Yeah. Where you know who you are and who you are in partnership with, your possibilities are endless. Yeah. All that David needed to bring Goliath down was a sling and a stone. But he had the name. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord. That was all he needed. And you and I have been given the name. The name that is above every other name. That have The name Jesus every neighbor. In that name, you and I have authority over principalities and powers, witches and wizards. That's why you will no longer be defeated. In the name of Jesus. Your days of defeat are over. Your days of victim mentality are over. Your days of being a victim are over. Welcome into your season of victory. Welcome into your season of success. Welcome into your season of breakthrough In the name of Jesus I see you rise up to fulfill your destiny I see you rise up to fulfill your destiny Nothing will be able to stop you You are more than a conqueror In the name of Jesus So it shall be in your life Please somebody, take your seats You have a new nature Somebody say I have a new nature So be conscious of your new nature You have a new nature Holy living is natural to the new creature than sinful living. You struggle with it. Your new nature enjoys fellowship with God. Number eight, you have a new identity. Somebody have a new identity. identity. Say it, I have a new identity. identity. Yeah, you need to have a new identity. Identity crisis is over from your life. I said identity crisis is over from your life. Some of us, we have so believed the lies people have told us friends have told us family has told us to the point that we have lost our sense of identity you are no longer living your own life you are living the life people have called you by just like Jacob (laughs) they looked at him and said you are Jacob meanwhile within Jacob was a prince he was Israel a man who had power with God and was victorious but he was operating like Jacob like Jabez but when he encountered Christ everything changed praise god when he met the angel and fought his way everything changed and you don't have to meet angel the moment you encounter christ and you enter christ is no longer about you is about him if any man be in christ he has a new identity Somebody say, I have a new identity now you see god has constantly been in the business of changing people's names when we say a new identity it also symbolizes a new name somebody say a new name new name. He has a new name or a new identity. Look at Isaiah chapter 62 verse 1 to 4. Isaiah 62, 1 to 4. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and a salvation as a lamb that burns. Verse 2. He said the Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by. Oh, you shall be called by. Somebody say I have a new name. Do you know what your new name is? That's what we are looking at. One of your new names is that you are a new Christian. One of your new names is that you are loved by God. One of your new names is that you are valuable to God. Somebody say, I am precious. I am valuable. In the name of Jesus. I'm victorious. I'm more than a conqueror. Yeah. Your own name used to be failure, but no more. Your own name used to be a defeated one, but no more. Yes. Your old name used to be one who is not bright, but no more. Yes. Your own name used to be one who is called poor, but no more. Yes. God is calling you by a new name. Yes. And you better learn to respond to your new name. Yes. Some of us are still responding to our old names. We are responding to our own. In fact, we are more conscious of our own name than our new name. That's what this teaching is about. Just to help you, you see. This is, is not It's not just to mentally ascend to them. You have to walk in the consciousness of the same. When I'm done, I will show you how to practically appropriate them in your life. How to practically appropriate them in your life. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name with the mouth of the Lord. We'll name you shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. But you shall no longer be termed What? Forsaken Somebody say I'm not forsaken, I'm not forsaken. Yeah <laughs> not the old he could forsake them He said he loved them his favor departed from them, but no more. Under the New Testament, you remember what he said? He said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. He said that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Therefore, I shall not be afraid. That is where we stand with God. Please, 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 please understand. There are a lot of us, when we sin, we feel that God has left you. Huh? <laughs> and because of that, Satan has taken advantage of you. The price for sin was paid for. And if you have a problem with forgiveness, forgiveness has also been sorted out. That means there can never be a time where God will depart from you. For his God. No. And sometimes they will quote, uh, something woke up, the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. That was there. For his God. He said he shall be with you and shall be, be with you forever. Go back and read the book of John. That's what the Bible says. You see, when we come to look at the book of Ephesians, you'll we'll appreciate what I'm talking about. When you got born again, there are many things, that's what we call seal. You know a seal. When you go to the Flagstaff house, the president of Ghana has a seal. A seal is a stamp of authority. A seal is a stamp of ownership. Anytime you have the seal of a president, or it shows that this property belongs to this person. Now, when you got born again, God sealed you. You know what he sealed you with? The Holy Spirit. Praise God. You are sealed one of the meanings of the fact that you are sealed is that you are owned by God permanently. Praise God. Somebody said, I'm God's property. I'm no property. So, so stop living with fear of failure and fear of sickness. You are God's property. Anybody who touched no wonder in the hotel, he said, whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. He said, he suffered no man to do them wrong. He reproved kings for their sex under the old covenant. Now look at that. Under the old covenant, where he was not owing them as their property. He reproved kings for their sakes. He suffered no man to do them wrong. He said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Now imagine, under the new, where he owns you, where he has bought you with a price, where he sees you as his personal property, you think that he will watch for witches to destroy you? You think principalities can harm you? Now listen, you better renew your mind and take your place. There are some of us who are more conscious of what is against us than what is for us. As long as you walk in the consciousness that God is against you, you can never walk in victory. A new name. Somebody say, have a new name. Amen. Number nine. You have a new life. Somebody say, have a new life. Amen. Of course, when you have a new heart, a new nature, a new spirit, that ushers you into a new life. Somebody say, have a new life. Amen. You know the nature of that life. That life is an abundant life. That life is a glorious life. John chapter 10, verse 10, the amplified version. John chapter 10, verse 10, the amplified version. It says, for the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came. Somebody say, I came. came. Why did Jesus come? I came that they might have what? They might have and what? Enjoy life. Are you enjoying your life? From today on, you will enjoy your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. He did not come so you will endure life. He did not come so you endure sickness. He did not come so you endure poverty. He came that you might have and enjoy life. Life to the full. Life in abundance till it overflows. I see you living an overflowing life. I see you living an abundant life. In the name of Jesus. No more will you go through life as a sufferer. No more will you go through life as a failure. No more will you go through life as somebody who is barely surviving. You are going through life as somebody empowered to make it and break through. In the name of Jesus. You will walk in wealth. You will walk in grace. You will walk in prosperity. You will walk in health. All the days of your life. In the name of Jesus. Shout I believe in. Please take your seat. You have a new life. In Christ you have a new life. 1 John 5, 11-12 said, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Somebody say, have eternal life? Have eternal life in your spirit. Eternal life is the God kind of life. In Greek, they call it the zoe. The God kind of life. You have it. You have eternal life in your spirit. And this life is in his son. He said, God has given us what? Eternal life. Where is the life? In his son. Somebody say, in his son. Where is his son? In my heart. So if his son is in your heart and his son has eternal life, then you have eternal life in your spirit. John chapter 5 verse 24. Most actually I say to you, who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. When are you going to get everlasting life? When are you going to get everlasting life? Some of us, we are waiting that when we die, we are unsure. If you ask a believer today, when you die, where will you go to? They don't know maybe I may go to heaven. (laughs) You are too late. Praise God. The moment you accepted Christ in your heart, immediately eternal life came into your spirit. So you have eternal life. Praise God. When you die tomorrow, your place in heaven is not something to pray about. It's a place that is secure. Can somebody give me an amen? Amen. Give me a believing amen. That's what it is. I like a song that says I have the life of God in me. I have the life of God in me. Have the spirit of the son of God. I have the life of God in me. That is the kind of life. That life cannot be dominated by cancer. That life cannot be ruled by sickness. That life cannot be dominated by failure. That life puts you above, over and above the challenges of life. I see you living the life you're to live. In the name of Jesus. Finally, finally tonight, When you became a new creature, among the many things that happened, the 10th thing that happened is that you have a new destination. Somebody say, I have a new destination. (laughs) Who say I have a new destination? (laughs) Who you have a new destination. Where is your destination? Look at Philippians 3 20. He said, For our citizenship is where in heaven. Our citizenship is where our say my citizenship is in from which also we eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is your citizenship? Where is your citizenship? So why are you in a hurry to go to heaven? (laughs) You are here on an assignment. You've not finished the assignment and you are in a hurry to go to heaven. And a lot of us are so worried whether or not, whether we die, when we go to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) somebody one time asked me pastor so if I tell a lie and I'm walking across the street and a car knocks me where will I go I say if you are born again heaven is your place
0: praise God
1: you see the gospel sounds too good to be true but that is why it's called the gospel it's good news somebody say good news good news that's what you have he said our citizenship is in heaven so now if you are an American and you are in Ghana. Your citizenship is in America. So, whatever you are doing in Ghana, you know that this is not... Tomorrow, if you want to go to America, will you struggle? You won't go to... You don't need visa. Do you need visa? What do you need to go? You just pick your passport and go. Do you know your passport to heaven? Christ in your heart. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, he had the son, had life. I'm not communicating here. Once you get born again, that's your destination. So, I wrote this quote. I said, heaven is not... An uncertain destination for the new creation. It is the operational headquarters here and now. And permanent residence in eternity. Heaven is not an uncertain destination for the new creation. Where they ask you, when you die, will you go to heaven and you are struggling to say it? It's because you don't know who you are. For it's God. You actually came from heaven. When we say your citizenship is in heaven, it means that is a place you are permanent residence. Anybody who is not a Ghanaian by birth, when they come to Ghana they need residence permits they are giving them, they are renewed every 90 days or so, every 90 days they go to renew it, every 90 days now that is, that's what the Bible calls us in Peter we are strangers and pilgrims that's why in first Corinthians, in second Corinthians it talks about we are ambassadors of Christ, we are on transit so for you as a said person heaven is not an uncertain destination for you It is your operational headquarters, here and now, and permanent residence in eternity. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And a lot of people, their heart is so troubled. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. That's what Jesus talked about. You see, any time eternal things come into perspective, people become agitated and worried. So Jesus told them, let not your heart be troubled. They were worried. You are going, what will become of us? When we die, what will become of us? Let not your heart be troubled. He said, believe in God and believe also in me. Verse 2. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I will go to prepare a place for you. And when I'm done, verse 3, I will come for you and I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. Praise God. Now, these are fundamental things you need to believe about yourself. As a new Christian, number one, what do you have? You're under a new covenant. Somebody say, I'm under a new covenant. Number two, you are, you are, belong to a new kingdom. Number three, you belong to a new family. Number four, you have a new relationship with God. Number five, you have a new heart. Number six, a new spirit. Number seven, a new nature. Number eight, a new identity. Number five, a new life. Number 10, a new destination. Somebody say, I have a new destination. Stand on your feet and begin to give God praise.
0: Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all round victory, success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540 or email us at faithhousechapeladiyahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service 638 A.M. to 8 a.m. Nasikan service, 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabouts, Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you.